let's worship the Lord together with the truth that if we are children of God, we are no longer slaves. Psalm 147 says, Great is our Lord and abundant in strength. His understanding is infinite. What a joy and a privilege it is not to just worship the Lord because of his might and strength, but to just bask in the beauty and the reality that he calls us chosen, not forsaken, that when we put our trust in him, he calls us his children.
for the truth of your majesty, Lord, and we thank you um, for the invitation for us to set our minds on things above, God. We thank you so much um, for how you have been faithful and how you have been sovereign over this entire season of the coronavirus, God, and we pray for healing on the land, over the people, Lord, and we thank you so much that your mercies are new every morning and that you invite us to cast our cares upon you. Um, Lord, we just praise you, God. Thank you so much for your goodness, um, and we look forward to worshiping together soon in person. Hallelujah. But even in that, God, we thank you for the truth that the church has not stopped, Lord. It's just changed in the way that we can serve you, that we can connect with you, God, and we celebrate the truth that you're worthy of us worshiping you in every season. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. It is Sunday, the 31st of May. Summer is so very close, we can almost taste it, right? It's just so near. Uh, BCC family, welcome, and uh, family, friends, people, anyone who's watching in uh, today, glad you're here. I'm gonna roll up my sleeves because we're gonna get on with it here in a little bit couple things to uh, let you know about. The world is a very bizarre place, right, with the COVID going on. And um, really the reactions that are happening right now are just really crazy, incredible uh, from, from total, like, come away from the world and quarantine yourself on an island to it's all a big scam and... Uh, and uh, the government is just trying to, um, you know, control us, uh, and it's 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 a joke. Uh, and somewhere in between there is where we need to be, kind of like with the sense of responsibility and safety, because we do know that people are dying from a, a virus that we are just learning a lot about. Bottom line: be safe. Be safe. Remy is here on a brighter note. Remy, granddaughter number two for Trishy and I, and um, and uh, Kay and Jim, so proud of you guys. And Elamia's got a baby sister now, and um, so cute, and we love them, and we're so happy uh, that she has entered the world this week with us. That is an amazing thing. That would be number six grandchild for us and I am just so young I feel like I'm only still 25 and that's a lot of grandkids for a 25 year old to have so I'm just saying you know hey what are you gonna do we are moving forward in our faith we're we're going forward and uh, God is at work and he's moving in our lives and he's growing us up as his people and he's growing us up in his faith in the faith of Jesus in the Word of God not just some faith out there, but the faith that is Jesus. The faith that is all about the teachings and the work and the power and, and the truths of heaven for us. And uh, we are marching through the book of Philippians. I know we've been here for a while. Great letter, such a short letter, four chapters, but it's packed with stuff not just for them over in Philippi, but for you and me, stuff that you and I right here living in America right now in 2020 can put into our lives that God has truth for you and for me that he wants to like like 
transform our lives with. And uh, it's good truth. It's godly truth. And it will change your life. It has the power to change the course of the direction of your life. Great book, God's Truth. We're exploring 27 truths. And I know that sounds like, whoa, that's a lot of truths. We are on number 21 and 22 today. And so we're going to get through those two, and then we only have like five more to go. And so here's our passage of scripture. Philippians 3, two verses, and uh, power-punching verses. Like every one of these verses that Paul shares is like a boxer. Boom, like Muhammad Ali, giving the left, giving the right, uppercut. Every one of them is like boom, solid, boom, solid, boom. You know, Paul doesn't waste punches when he's sharing these truths from God to you and to me. And so this is good stuff. Look what he says. All of us, every one of us, that's you, me, all people everywhere, but, but especially Christian people, all of us then who are mature should take such a view on, of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. You see what Paul says? In the context of what Paul has been saying, if you look at chapter 1 and chapter 2 and the beginning of chapter 3, all these truths, these critical truths that, that we've gone through, 20 of them so far, that we've pulled out of here, those first three chapters prior to this, Paul points out two more key truths. And both of these truths work really, really well together. Even though we're going to look at them individually, together they work so well because they're like a left and a right, and it's like doing damage to the opponent, and it's like building up uh, God's people, making us stronger, making us like, like solid people. And so look what he says, this first truth that Paul says in this verse. He says, he talks about maturity, and truth number 21 is maturity, maturity, spiritual maturity. That's what Paul is going to point to right now in these words. He says, all of us then who are mature, those of us who are mature. Hmm, that sounds kind of interesting, doesn't it? Paul says, all of us then who are mature. In other words, or this implies that some are mature and some are not mature and you know who you are I know who I am and there's moments uh, that we have of both we could probably all be very honest and say sometimes we are sometimes we're not but he's not referring to our age Paul's not referring to uh, that you're older mature as a person he's talking about spiritual maturity in Jesus not worldly wisdom not portfolio structures, and not being business savvy, like having lots of experience and being wise and being mature in the things of this world. He's talking about spiritual maturity. You could be 50 plus years old and be spiritually immature, or you could be 16 years old and very spiritual mature. See, most of maturity involves the mind. You know, when you think about people who are mature in their jobs or in their careers or in business or whatever, they're, 
they're experienced. Most of that, when you think about it, is about what they know. It's about the mind. It's about intelligence. It's about knowing things, knowing stuff. But spiritual maturity, what Paul is talking about here when he says, all of us then who are mature, when he talks about maturity, he's talking about mind, heart, soul, spirit, and the will. So he's talking about your entire life, your, your, your complete existence to the core of who you are. And he says, spiritual maturity is a truth that we need to be conscious of building into our life. Now, there are, there are a few key verses in the Bible that talk about spiritual maturity. I want to point out some of these verses because they help us understand a little bit about what maturity is, at least what spiritual maturity is. And here's what Paul says in Ephesians to the Ephesians in, uh, in chapter 4, verse 11. He says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teach. Paul's talking about the leadership in the church. It was Jesus. It was God who gave these positions or these roles to people that are leaders in the church, right? Verse 12, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Do you see what Paul says there? Paul says that the leadership that we have in the church has been put there by God. And it's our duty, our role, our job as Christians to put ourselves under the leadership of the leaders of the church where we worship, where we serve, where we are a part of, that we say we belong to. That leadership that God has put in place, we are to put ourselves under. That's what Paul is saying. And then he says, and their purpose as leaders those leaders that God has given, pastors and teachers and evangelists and prophets, those leaders have a role. And their job, verse 12, is to equip, to equip God's people, that's all of us, for works of service. Okay, all of this fits under becoming mature or being a, a spiritually mature person or believer, follower of Jesus. If you're going to become mature, Leadership has to be in place on, over you that you place yourself under. He says, for works of service, and the reason for that is that we're all serving the Lord is so that the body of Christ will be built up. You see that? See, what, what's happening is God is growing up his people, and together we are being constructed. In verse 13, look what he says. He says, until... So we, we remain in this, in this situation, in this under the leadership, so that we'll grow up and we'll, there'll be unity in the body. He says, until we all reach that unity in the faith. So we're moving, we're growing toward that. And he says, look what he says, and in the knowledge, that's the mind, of the Son of God, and then we become mature, attaining to the full measure or the entire measure of the fullness of Christ. 
So this is the goal of the church. This is God's will for you and me that Paul is spelling out here under this title of spiritual maturity. Okay? We're growing up. And it only happens under God's direction. And spiritual maturity will only happen under God's plan, under following the will of God. And this is the will of God that we're looking at right now in the scriptures. And then Paul nails the outcome of this kind of maturity. Look what he says in verse 14. Look what he says. Here's the result of this spiritual maturity. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves like a boat, right? That lost power or lost steering or lost its sail or lost its engine. Blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and the craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming, the devil working through people in this world, through systems and thoughts and religions and philosophies, trying to attract you away, lure you away from God. Spiritual maturity keeps you on course because the truth not only will set you free, but the truth will keep you in line with what God desires for your life. Look what he says, verse 15. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow, we will grow to become in every respect mature, a mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Do you see that? Like spiritual maturity is about every one of us taking on the responsibility and being like totally responsible for myself. That I not only put myself under the leadership of the church that Jesus has established, but that I work together to serve the world, to serve others, so that we all can grow up. See, so for Paul, spiritual matur uh, maturity is a journey. It's not like uh, you go to a class and you, you come out and you get a certificate that says you are now spiritually mature. No, this is a process. This is a journey. Christ completely surrounds the journey. Everything about your life has to be like saturated, baptized in Jesus. God's leaders then in our life, in the church, what they do is they teach us and they instruct us. And if needed, they correct us when we, we give them permission to help us grow up in our life. And then together with the body of Christ, we grow up together, able to have unity, Faith, knowledge, wisdom, love. You see that Paul is saying like spiritual maturity involves everything about you. It's not just your mind. It's not just your thinking or your intelligence. It's more than that. That's just one piece of the puzzle. Your heart has to be in it. Your will has to be in it. Your spirit and your soul, every bit of you. And as we strive to attain the full measure of Jesus, the one who holds it all together, we live, you know, we live in a, um, we live in a, a very crazy world. There's no doubt about it. But, but we live in a DIY kind of world, don't we? Like do-it-yourself world. That's what we live in. See it all over the place, all over the, uh, the internet, all over the TV. It's like do-it-yourself. You can do it. Go to Lowe's, go to Home Depot, whatever. Get the lumber, get the bricks, 
Uh, you could also call this uh, dad it yourself, like dad it yourself. Call dad, dad will come and he'll do it for you, all right? right? Um, it's a do-it-yourself world that we live in. And here's the thing, we can do a lot ourselves. We really can. You don't have to be a, a contractor to, to figure out how to build a deck or how to build a chair or, or how to fix the plumbing or, or uh, you know, maybe uh, build, um, build something or change the faucet or rotate your tires or change the spark plugs. You just watch a YouTube video, right? And pretty soon you could probably do most anything, almost yourself, within reason. But here's the thing, you will never, I will never, we will never become spiritually mature on our own. When it comes to spiritual maturity, you cannot do it yourself. Spiritual maturity requires the will of God being lived out and executed in our life, where we become a living, breathing part of the body of Christ, from the, from the head who is Christ, to the leadership that he puts in place, to all those around us that are serving and working together with us. We need the Father, we need the Son, we need the Holy Spirit, and we need to be connected to the body of Jesus under the leadership of godly leaders. See, reach unity in the faith, have the knowledge of Jesus, who is the Word of God, and then we become mature. We become mature. Hebrews, uh, another verse that, that um, I want to point to about spiritual maturity comes out of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 6. When the writer of Hebrews says this, therefore let us, look what he says, move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God. So the Hebrew writer then says about spiritual maturity, look, let's grow up in Jesus. Look what he says. Let us move beyond the basics. Move beyond the elementary. He says, let's move beyond the milk, people. Let's move forward. Because here's part of the problem is that as people, we just love the sweet, soft taste and feel of soft foods and milk. They taste so good, right? Maturity is about moving forward. It's about moving forward. You see what he says? And be taken forward to maturity. Keep growing in your spiritual faith, in in the soul and spirit of Christ working in you. Grow up spiritually. Here's another passage in 1 Corinthians. Paul says this, verse uh, 11. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childhood or childish ways behind me. And so Paul is saying, Paul is saying, in, to the Corinthians, he's saying, look, you know, when you're young in the faith, that's fine. You're spiritually immature. That's what you should be. But if you've been around the faith long enough, if you've been going to church for years, if you've been worshiping and, 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 and in Bible study, then you should be coming spiritually 
mature. In two words, in two words, Paul is saying to these people and he's saying to you and me, grow up. Grow up. Like spiritually grow up. And then again in Hebrews 5, he says, as we have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you, you no longer try to understand. Verse 12, but in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. But solid food is for who? It's for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish between good and evil. You see what Paul says there? Maturity. It's about growing up. It's about moving on. It's about moving to solid food and becoming stronger and healthier and, 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 and better equipped to serve the Lord in a world that needs Jesus, right? Truth number 21 then is simply this. Spiritual maturity. It will take effort. It will take training. It will take seeking God. It will take resisting the devil. And like this little guy says, grow up already, right? That's what Paul is saying to us. In a spiritual way, let's go. Let's grow up. Let's move forward. Let's take on bigger and better things. Let's stop playing with the milk and, and, and the infant stuff and the baby stuff. And Paul is saying, look, you want to move forward in your faith? Grow up. Spiritually, grow up. Second thing he says is this. Truth number uh, 22 is, is this. Live up. Live up, right? Grow up, maturity. Now he says, live up. And, and it will take effort on our part uh, to grow up, right? To, to learn about the things of God, to grow up and to live up to what he says is what we have already attained. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Do you hear what Paul says? Listen to what he says. Live up to it. Like live up to what you already know, what you've already attained. And I think a lot of people, especially Christians, think Paul says, live it up. And there is a big difference between live it up and live up to it. There is a world of difference between those two things. And I think a lot of people think we're just supposed to live it up. Like, 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 like there's a lot of celebrating going on out there in the name of Jesus even at times. We, wanna, we want all of what God has to give to us and we want all of what the world has to offer in the way of pleasure and joy and fun and we want to somehow act as if those two things can, can work together, live together and be married together. There's a lot of loose living in the world in the name of Jesus. As if we want the best of both worlds, we want all that God has and we want all that the world has to offer us as well. The joy of the Lord, right? The joy of the Lord is my strength. That's what the, the psalmist said. The joy of the Lord is my strength, but the joy of the Lord is not. The joy in celebrating in Jesus is not my free pass to pleasure. That is not what we are to be 
diving into with our lives. When we became a Christian, we came away from the world. We separated ourselves in a morally, biblical, in a higher standard kind of way that we're going to live for God, not for the pleasures and the systems of the world. Two different worlds going on right now. Two totally different kingdoms. You know, when I was uh, younger, when I was in high school, uh, you remember back then, I, it's a long time ago, but when I was in high school, I had a few friends and, and their parents would go away for the weekend a lot, it seemed. And uh, they would like go away for the weekend and they'd leave my friend home and they would say to him and they'd say to us, hey, hey, be careful, have fun. And they would say, like, don't burn the house down. Little did they know. See, our interpretation of those instructions were this. Party till the cows come home. That's what, that's what we heard. They were saying, be safe, don't burn the house down. We were hearing, parents are gone, let's party. Like, tell all your friends, pick up the keg, invite, you know, beep, because he's got the good stuff. And it was on. It was game on. It was party on. It was, it was our ticket to ride, you might say. It was our ticket to ride. And we rode the ticket all weekend. Party, 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 party. And I was lost and I was headed for hell because I was not living according to God's truth and God's word. I wasn't striving to be mature in my life. I wasn't trying to be spiritually mature. I had, God was the, the last thing on my mind, not the first. What was on my mind was having all the fun I could have while I could grab hold of it. Well, that and following Jesus don't go together. They don't live in the same room. They're not part of the same kingdom. See, when we understand that God wants what's best for us and that he wants joy and celebration to fill our heart, right? And, and when we eagerly await uh, that celebration from heaven one day, this is not a license to indulge in worldliness, drunkenness, loose living, right? Carousing, justifying why we are no different from the lost world, wanting to be so like them that we are. The scripture is clear, very clear concerning these things. Those things are all a part of the old nature, right? There's a difference between the, the spirit of God live in us, uh, a godly kingdom nature, and the worldly nature that we have died to, right? The one that we have been born again from. We are no longer that person. We have taken off those things and we have now put on Christ. And so we're different people. Participating is not moving forward in maturity. When we do the things that the world does that are evil and wrong in the eyes of God and according to his truth and word, we are not moving forward in our faith. We are going backward. We're moving back. We're, we're going back to worldliness and ungodliness. And, and here's the thing Paul says. Paul says, let us, look, did you see what he said? Let us live up, live up to what we have already attained. The level that we have, we have grown to spiritually, let's live up to that. Don't keep going backward. Don't keep diving into the things that people who are spiritually not mature at all are doing. Don't dive in with them into what they're doing. Look what he says in Ephesians 5. 
And here's why. Paul puts it like this. Okay, and this is why we, we can't do that. This is why we don't live that way. This is why we're different than that. Paul says, for you were once darkness. Did you notice what he said? For you were once darkness. He, he didn't leave out a word. He didn't say, for you were once in darkness. He said, for you, me, were once darkness. Did you catch that? But now you are light in the Lord. Not you are in the light in the Lord. You are light in the Lord. So darkness and light. Nothing to do with each other. Totally opposite ends of the world. Totally different kingdoms. Two different kingdoms. One, darkness represents evil in the world. The other, light represents God and the kingdom of his. And everything good that is from heaven. And you can't be in both. Right? We can't be in both. He says then, live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. But rather, look what he says, expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. Paul says, it's shameful to even say what they do, let alone go do what they do. Like, when you were in darkness, you did those things. But now you're light. Don't do the dark things. Because you're not there anymore. You have moved to here, Paul says, to you and me. How, how, however far you have come since you have began walking with Jesus, however far you've come on that journey with him, keep moving forward. At the very least, at the very least, see, God's goal is growth and leaps and bounds that you will move forward and jump forward in your faith and go off and do great things for the kingdom of God and represent him really big and really well in this world. But at the very least, at the very least, live up to what you have already attained. At the very least. And that's settling. Like if you're just living up to what you've attained, you're kind of settling. God's goal is that you will move forward big time in Him. So don't give up any ground. Stand firm. Don't retreat. Keep growing forward. Build on the maturity level that you have already attained. Do you see that? Build on the maturity level that you have already attained. Paul brings these two beautiful points together maturity, spiritual maturity, and living up to what you have already attained. And so whatever maturity level you have come to be in your life in Christ, stay there and move forward. Don't go backward. Don't dive backward into the things of the world that you left behind, that you died to. Keep moving forward in your faith. Father, we pray that you would help us to grow up in our faith, that we would become mature, that we would live up to the things that you've already built into us, all these truths, these things that we learn, these things that we hear, these things that we are trying to apply to our life. Father, help us to continue to grow and build on those and not settle, not be okay with mediocrity or, or be okay with like 
diving back or dipping back or just being part way in and part way out. God, help us not to, to be satisfied with that, but to hunger and thirst for you, Lord. We love you. Be with everyone that's listening and all those who hear. And Father, be with your people. We love you so much and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, here you go. Let me finish with this. Next week, uh, here at BCC, uh, the, the 7th of June, the first Sunday of June, we're calling it Comeback Sunday, right? June the 7th, and probably churches all across the country will, will again um, meet together, get to come together, not just through virtual uh, TV or uh, your computer, and we'll continue to record for those who, who choose not to come back at this time, but, but I want you to know that we are taking every precaution as are most churches out there. We have blocked off part of our building. We will come through our main entry, and we'll use the auditorium. But we're going we're gonna to be very safe about it. We'll be wearing masks. We'll be uh, spacing people out. Uh, this, is a, this is a picture of a, a seating chart of a church. And uh, kind of what's recommended is that you block off every other pew. And then you separate, uh, stagger the even pews so people are not breathing on each other or, or uh, singing over each other or that kind of thing. And, and so we've done that. We're being very safe. It is safer. It will be safer for you to come to church here at Burlington Christian Church than it will be for you to go to the grocery store or Walmart or anywhere else, Lowe's, all these other places that hundreds and tons of people are just packing into. It will, you'll be much safer in a church building, worshiping God, practicing social distance, and, and using good sense. Okay? And there are people all over the place with, uh, with what should happen right now and what's going on out there. But, but at the very least, we're going to be safe. We're excited about the great comeback, and we hope that, that you will be safe this week and that you'll join us again next week, whether it's right here in this building. Uh, maybe you'll take the trip and you'll come and be with us, or you'll just tune in and watch us and, and be a part of the worship on TV or on your computer or your phone or whatever you use. But either way, please be safe. We love you. God bless you, and uh, we'll see you next week.